0: or on the Instagram handle, Sparking Wholeness. And now, get ready for today's awesome show. Hey everybody, it's Erin Carey, and welcome back to Sparking Wholeness. Today, we have a major treat for you guys. I'm super excited because you are getting two amazing guests for the price of one, and I'm just excited to talk today about the same here global mental health movement that is normalizing mental health and wellness. And it is offering so much hope in living beyond a label, beyond our limitations. And so I want to start with welcoming Eric Hewson to the show. He is the founder of Same Here. He is a 19-year professional sports executive who got his start at the NBA league office. After five years with the league, he went the team business route and rose the ranks with the expansion Chicago Sky Phoenix Suns. He then switched over to the NHL working with the New Jersey Devils and Florida Panthers. However, a debilitating mental health crisis stopped Eric's career and life in its tracks for over two and a half years years after many failed treatment modalities he was lucky enough to learn healing practices that enabled him to dig out of his abyss and found a higher calling launching a nonprofit at the end of 2017 called we are all a little crazy the same here global mental health movement same here is comprised of athletes and celebrities along with media members expert practitioners advocates and everyday heroes who have come together to make talking about mental health a common topic for Five out of five of us. Their Same Here movement has swept across college campuses in the U.S. from Cornell to USC, K-12's corporate offices from CNBC to J.P. Morgan Chase, and professional sports teams from the L.A. Clippers to the New York Mets in just over two years, which is kind of insane. The movement has recently begun to expand globally as well with events and markets outside of the US. To keep his foot in sports, Eric consults for a number of professional sports teams and leagues, guiding their ticket and sponsorship sales and retention efforts. So Eric, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you. It's, it's sometimes when you hear like that read out. <laughs> <laughs> I know my team provided you with that. So I'm sorry. It's kind of like, I apologize you had such a mouthful to say there, but, but you know what's good about that is now we could get into really the meat of a lot of the things after you, after you introduce Andrew. So –
2: Exactly.
1: Uh, apologize to everyone for having to hear all that, but now now uh, awesome to, to hear Andrew's
0: intro as well. No, it is it's good, it's good background, and I'm just excited about where this conversation is going to take us. And so we need all the background, so I'm glad that, that it's there. Um, it was okay. a mouthful to read, but but we're we're here for it. So now I'm gonna introduce Dr. Pleener. And Dr. Andrew Pleener is the founder and director of same here psych alliance. Prior to his work with Same Here, he had been involved in humanitarian efforts, including co-creating and directing a makeshift psychiatric trauma center on the island of St. Martin during Hurricane Irma in 2017. The clinic served as the main source of medical treatment and shelter for these cities from the time of impact throughout military evacuation. He was featured in Newsday and Central Florida Lifestyle Magazine for these efforts. In 2019, he founded Regional Psychiatry to serve Central Florida with an integrative approach to patient care. Dr. Pleener completed his psychiatry psychiatry, sorry, training at Richmond University Medical Center in New York. He is a diplomat of the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology. So thank you so much, Dr. Pleener, for being on the show.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for the introduction, for having us on here on, on Sparking we Very, very excited to share with you what, what we're building, you know, in terms of our movement.
0: Yeah, I'm excited too. And, you know, when I first came across the website, the movement, I was like, oh my gosh, this is speaking my language. This is everything that I have been wanting to put out into the world as well. Just this whole idea of normalizing mental wealth, mental health, um, and, and that it's just we're all, I like the whole phrasing, we're all a little crazy, right? Like normal is a spectrum. And so um, I'll start with you, Eric, let's get into it. What is sure. Same Here? How did it start? Maybe tell a little bit about your background. I know there's a lot there. So just share everything. Yeah.
1: You know, you, you, you obviously uh, hinted a little bit at it. Uh, what, you know, I guess uh, when you were talking about the two and a half years of what happened to me, after my sports career, I don't want to say ended, but let's just say took a little bit of a, of a, a changed route. Um, I was working for the Florida Panthers at the time. I uh, had, had just taken on the position of chief revenue officer there. And for those who are listening, I'm sure this sounds very common, but I just started losing interest for everything outside of the office. Uh, seeing friends, going on dates, going to the gym, uh, watching my teams on TV. And, and I justified that feeling by saying, this must be the world's way of telling me that I need to work even harder, right? And how often does that happen for so many of us who are so focused and love what we do on a daily basis that we justify some of these other feelings going away by saying, oh, I need to narrowly focus on this thing in front of me that much more? And that excuse, and that's really what it was, is an excuse. It only lasted about two weeks. And I woke up one morning, it was like pushing myself out of quicksand to get out of bed, like I had cinder blocks on my feet and like a, a bomb had just exploded in my brain. And, and cognitively, it felt like, you know, the best way I could describe it is almost as if I was a computer and someone came in the back and pulled the plugs out of the back. Um, I'm skipping a lot of details, but I was fortunate to have a, an ownership group that was very supportive, uh, told me I could take one month, two months, three months, whatever it needs to, to come back, hit the ground running, and, and, and that they liked what was, was getting built there. So when I heard up to three months, I think this will be what resonates with a lot of people is, I went to the one thing that I had learned about mental health, which was being educated through TV commercials, like we are here in the US, right? So you see these commercials where a sad face with sad music, 15 seconds, they take a pill, and then all of a sudden, for the final 15 seconds of that 30-second spot, they're feeling great, right? And and the music's playing nice and the smile becomes wide and the, the birds are chirping and the clouds go away, it becomes a blue sky. And so in my thought was I'll go home right I was from New York from Florida I'll get the help I need I'll take a pill or two and I'll pop back out of it right because that's what we were we've been taught for so long is especially when you grow up taking antibiotics strep throat bronchitis uh, pneumonia and you get better in a couple days after taking that pill why would you think mental health is any different if you haven't been taught any differently right and so I, I, I wish that's how it would have happened, not because now looking back and it might have been the greatest thing that happened to me, the, the, the negative two and a half years that I'll explain in a second. But obviously, when you go home, you're thinking, OK, I, I will get better. I've been given three months. That's plenty of time. I ended up instead spending two and a half years laying horizontal, staring at the ceiling, no thoughts coming through my brain. It was like waking up with a blank slate every morning. And I was tried on over 50 different psychotropic drug combinations, then I did TMS therapy, that led to suicidal ideations, which led to a stint in the psych ward. The attending psychiatrist, positioned to me as one of the top in New York state and the tri-state area, told me that after looking at my chart, I've tried everything there is and my last resort is to do shock therapy. So I did 12 sessions over five weeks of shock therapy. That got me no better. And I basically thought my life was over. And, you know, I I thought unless Pfizer or Merck comes up with some miracle pill that works for me, whereas others haven't, I'm going to be laying in that bed the rest of my life because I can't get up. And I guess serendipitous as it would be, I was introduced to a woman who practices integrative psychology. I didn't know what integrative meant at the time. And the background is, when, when we started talking, I have an older brother, um, and from my earliest memories, he, uh, eight years old, he was 12, he broke his femur bone in an accident, was in a body cast for a year at home school, then uh, was diagnosed a month after coming out of that body cast with ALL, children's form of leukemia. So oh five God. years of chemo radiation, goes into remission, month later, he's in a Jeep with his friends, open Jeep Wrangler. Car loses control. He flies out of the back, lands on his head, cracked his head open, loses partial vision in his eyes in ICU for a month. Heals from that, goes to college. Between junior and senior year, he's feeling a pain in his knee. They do all the sports medicine testing, and they find out that his, uh, his cancers uh, actually return through the blood test instead of the, the orthopedic uh, work. And, and now they have to give him a much stronger chemo regimen to really knock it out of the system the second time. And so I'm now switching places with him. I'm at college. He's living at home, going to college at Hofstra University. Sorry, to, to law school at Hofstra University. And um, I get a call from my father about a year and a half into his chemo treatment that he's got 105 fever. They're rushing him to the hospital. His body goes into septic shock from the chemo treatments, wow. and he falls into a coma. He's in a coma for three months. I'm driving back and forth from school. We don't know if he's gonna wake or if he's gonna have any brain activity. So you're dealing with all that. Finally wakes, got his full faculties about him miraculously, but his kidneys fail from the rigor of the septic shock. And uh goes on dialysis, we all get tested. My father's the closest match, donates a kidney to him. That all ends. And then within the next year, three of my close friends in their 20s pass away from heart conditions. And so when I shared the story with this integrated practitioner you know, for, for those who are listening, I'm sure it's a very educated group. I don't have to go too much into detail about it, but it was explained to me finally what stress and trauma were. Right. And and I didn't understand that having a front row seat for watching these things happen to someone else in your life could impact your own mental health in that way. Right. I wasn't in the Jeep. I wasn't uh, there when he had a sporting accident with his leg. I wasn't laying in the bed uh, when he was in his coma. So to me, not understanding mental health, it wouldn't make sense to me that that was impacting my mental health. But when it was explained to me, I think this is the first impetus for forming same here, we're all a little crazy was, I shot back at my, my integrative psychologist, who's still my doctor to this day. And I said, Okay, forget my story for a second, watching your parents fight or get divorced, hearing your friends break up watching your friends get verbally abused hearing about your friends getting sexually abused watching your friends getting bullied or cyberbullied, hearing about your friends go through the loss of their loved ones or watching them actually lose their loved ones and then deal with the pain of that watching your friends break up as friends like these things would seem to impact everyone so if it's those things that impact mental health and whose mental health isn't impacted and she kind of smiled and said you know eric that's how i believe Things happen, but that's not necessarily how our world looks at it. And I'm, I'm going to skip a lot of details to get to the end because I'm sure we'll come back to this. But um, when I shared my story, eventually after healing, we'll talk about some of the healing modalities when Andrew talks. Um, my issue was I didn't understand why I didn't know to heal. If I worked on my body and I was an athlete my whole life and then worked in professional sports and continued to work with athletes who were working on that, why didn't I know to work on my brain health? Right? And, and why did all these people, when I shared my story, who ended up calling in, not know to work on their own brain health? And, and instead of calling a doctor, they're calling a complete stranger in me and saying, I, I felt similar things to you. And my realization was when I went through all the nonprofit websites and the government organizations, uh, and this is going to get to now why the name is same here, is I noticed three trends that were across all of these websites and nonprofits. The three trends, first one was, They all started with the stat one in five people are mentally ill. Well, there's an issue there. Mental health is not mental illness. They're two different things. There's a mental health continuum of which mental health lives on. So if we're reinforcing one in five as our top stat to try and show people that so many people go through it, what are we saying to the other 80% of people in our population? That they're healthy, normal, fine, and okay? That's not the case, right? That, that, That would be the equivalent of us with physical health saying, you don't have cancer, diabetes, or heart disease, don't worry about it. If you ever get there, then we'll talk about it and we'll deal with it, right? That's not the way we do jump rope for heart as little kids in school. So that was issue number one. Issue number two, which probably relates most to the same here campaign, is that the campaigns underneath the one in five were all copies of one another. They were an action word followed by stigma. So stop the stigma, stop the stigma, erase the stigma, break the stigma.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: We can't shy away from the fact that stigma is a word that means there's a group of people doing something forming opinions judgments about another group of people mm-hmm. if those are our campaigns that means we're pointing the finger at some group off the heels of the one in five it's probably the healthy group or people within the healthy group that are stigmatizing this group of people that are considered the sick group that's not going to bring us together that's going to separate us further that's going to show us our differences and so I feel like that was actually pushing people further away from understanding this topic. And then the final piece was all the celebrity stories that were shared were stories of you know the celebrity name plus the disorder name plus the erratic behavior. So think about all the examples. Britney Spears has depression, shaves her head. You know, Charlie Sheen has addiction, looks like a skeleton and can't get up in the morning, right? And so you hear these things over and over again enough and you say if, if it's one in five people If we're stigmatizing those people and those people look like what these celebrities are going through well I must be on this other side of the line that's this healthy normal side that doesn't have these erratic behaviors that isn't being stigmatized and now you have again binary concepts in this concept of mental health where we actually live on a continuum and so now long story short is the reason why we ended up coming up with we're all a little crazy crazy in quotes and I love that without even you know, prompting you, you said, because there's no such thing as normal. Normal is different to everyone, right? And so the play on words on crazy is we use crazy in everyday language, right? Aaron, your headset must be crazy clear right now. that, That picture behind you looks crazy good, right? So if we could use that word and we could use it as a way to show that we're all living on this continuum. That was our hope. It would shake the trees a little bit because it's a little bit of a a tree shaker in this space. right? Crazy is not something that we often hear. But then probably in a a, a more kind of bring it home stance, if you think of Nike has just do it, for us it was, okay, if we're gonna walk what we talk with not believing in this stop or stomp stigma campaign ideology, let's come up with a, a movement that actually shows people that we're all the same. And so that's where same here is an American sign language sign. It's your thumb at your chest, three middle fingers curled, and your pinky pointed out at the other person. And you're saying, Aaron and I, you and, you and I, we're the same. And we're not the same because I have depression, you have depression, or I have anxiety, you have anxiety. We're the same because we both face life challenges. There's not a person in this world who hasn't. And those life challenges have impacted our mental health to some degree. If we could get the world to say that in a tapestry of people, all of who look different or from different areas or different ages, different religions, et cetera, you know what? We don't need to say stop or stomp the stigma, because that is what stops or stomps yeah. the stigma by showing that tapestry that's there. So sorry for the long explanation, but I wanted to give you the full background on why why we came up with what we came up with.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. It is all of it is good. And I just I just can't believe I thinking back to what you went through, and all of the treatments that you tried. And I think that there are a lot of people out there like that. And in some ways, that makes the stigma worse, you know, it only makes it Oh, now there's really something wrong with me. (laughs) Because now I can't get better from ABC, whatever it is. Um, And so I so appreciate you sharing that story and sharing what happened in, in your real life, because so many people can relate. I mean, I know I've had some crazy side effects to things myself. So um, I, I love that you share that. Um, so Dr. Plener, let's switch over to you because I know time is gonna fly by. So the same here has a STAR program that um, you guys have developed. And I'd love to know a little bit more about what the STAR program is and how it is used. And you can maybe give us a rundown of that.
2: Yeah, thank, thank you, Aaron And so just to sort of build off as to why we even got to STAR, um, through getting all of these different celebrities and athletes uh, through Eric's connections in sports, just to share the story of the root underlying cause, uh, you know, the challenges in life, people started to tune in to the website to actually view these same here stories and that these everyday hero stories. And eventually, the concept that everybody goes through challenges, that mental health is a five in five topic, started to resonate with their viewers. And they began to realize that these challenges have not just an effect on our mental well-being, but real physical effects on our nervous system, real changes to the architecture. So they began to ask about what are some of the non-medication ways to heal that Eric was provided by his uh, psychologist, Donna Stein, and his integrative psychiatrist, Dr. Richard Brown. So to address this, we ended up forming an alliance of practitioners. We call it the STAR Practitioner Alliance. It involves practitioners that are experts at specific non-medication healing modalities. For example, Amy Weintraub representing yoga, Ravi Shankar who founded the Art of Living organization representing integrative breathing modalities. Steven C. Hayes, that developed and founded Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, is representing ACT Therapy. And collectively, we refer to these different modalities as STAR exercises. So STAR is an acronym that really gets to the science behind what these exercises do. It stands for stress and trauma, the things that actually build up in your nervous system, active release and rewiring exercises. So essentially it's the exercises you can do to get rid of that buildup of stress and trauma from your nervous system. And we all know about many different exercises we can do for our physical health. These are the exercises we can do for our mental fitness, for our nervous system. And we can really consider it as the gym for the brain. Now the A in the acronym STAR stands for active, because we have to actively engage in yoga and Qigong meditation and all these different practices, TRE, EFT, we can't just sit around waiting for that magic pill to kick in like Eric did for two and a half years. So our viewers can go to the Star Practitioner Alliance, they can learn about these modalities, which many people have never even heard of, before. Eric had never heard of it until he was finally taught about it. So our viewers can click on the profiles of the practitioners, they could read the biography of them, And then they can learn the science behind how ACT therapy works, how TRE works, how Alpha STEM CES works, and all of our different exercises. And then below are the recommended resources for how they could actually engage, whether it's workbooks, whether it's YouTube videos, whether it's actually taking the courses itself, like the Art of Living course, and individually, they can start to build their own mental health toolbox or collectively with their provider.
0: I love that. I love, you mentioned toolbox. And you know, one of the things I just, I love is that sure, we have medication as one tool. And I was always told, oh, take your meds and sleep more. Okay, that's great but what else? And so here you have all of these tools available. And instead of somebody like me or Eric having to go through years of figuring things out and stumbling upon our own things, you have this available for people like preventatively almost before. So we can kind of be not play defense, but be on the offense with these things. And I think that that is absolutely key. And so I'm super excited about that. And you also have, um, Same here, alliances, you have your um, psych alliances, like you mentioned, you have your, um, there's a CEO side to it, there's, so maybe Eric, you can explain a little bit more about these alliances and what's the purpose of these, because I I love that.
1: Sure, and let me me just quickly on the sleep thing, just because you mentioned it, and I'll go quickly here, is I think one of the things when we're struggling, right, is we think sleep is going to be the cure all because growing up, going back to those things, strep throat bronchitis, mm-hmm. all the things that we get when we're younger, our parents tell us sleep, sweat it off, right? Get sweat the fever off, you're going to feel better. Sleep, sleep is the healing mechanism. The problem is with mental health, when we're the reason why active is in that star in the middle is because I thought that by sleeping more, even doing it every day for two and a half years, it was strengthening me. But the problem was stagnation builds stagnation, right? And when you're not getting your body moving, you're not moving that stagnant energy around, it's building up more and more. And so I just caution everyone, because I always consider who's listening is, if you're sleeping a day or two extra because you didn't get sleep the night before, two days before, fine, you're catching up on sleep. If you're going even a week, and you're sleeping a lot, something's up. And when you, when you continue to, to, to have to feel like you need to be in bed, it's really time to start checking in and saying, what am I doing? How can I actually start to move what's inside of me out of me? So mm-hmm. just wanted to add that piece in. On I the alliances, that. thank you for, for asking about the alliances. So when I formed this, it was around the time when um, Prince Harry had shared his story. And I looked at the suicide numbers in the UK and I'm thinking to myself, this is the most beloved celebrity in 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 this collection of countries, and the UK is at a 30-year high in suicides after he shared his story. Now, I shared my story right before Demar Derozan and Kevin Love. I didn't really have a template for how to share right in the sports world, so I kind of just wrote a 35-minute documentary. <laughs> Not surprisingly, when you hear how long-winded sometimes I am, but um, the 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 effect of seeing that. This huge celebrity in the UK, bigger than any celebrity, any athlete we have here in the US, could not change the trend in the UK to where we're starting to see suicide trends go down, made me realize that the only way to attack this issue is by people holding hands. And so the idea behind the alliance is not to take away the individual message or branding of a celebrity or a CEO in their company or a uh, practitioner and, and, and what they're doing in their local market. So an example being Theo Flurry, the hockey player, his message is breaking free because he broke free from sexual abuse and trauma, right? We don't want to take those individual messages away. We want to bind them together and carry them together through this same here umbrella message, which is we're not going to let the media drive the narrative. We're going to drive the narrative because we're going to show them that Each new person who now comes out and shares a story or each new organization that now comes out and talks about what we're going to do boldly for our employee mental wellness or each new doctor that's going to talk about how they get to the source and heal mind body and really work on what's ailing the patient. That's those aren't individuals. Those aren't people who are saying, I live on an island and I'm doing this by myself. No, this is part of an overall aggregate movement of people who are holding hands together and saying there's something that's wrong with the way that we looked at before. This is the way that we have to look at it now, because this will help change perception of the way society looks at it. So we can flip this topic of mental health on its head and get people understanding exactly what I didn't understand when I went through it, when I was chasing all those uh, you know miracle treatments to feel better. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that, yeah, and that whole just the visual of. But again, the thing about mental health concerns, whatever we want to call, it, is that they're isolating, right? And so the visual of coming together to talk about these things and having everybody working together—that's really powerful because it. There's so many people that feel alone with this, so. Well, and and, and Aaron,
1: not to belabor the point, but like we, 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 exactly what you're talking about with being together, right? We could all go and Google and find one person who's been through something we've been through, right? And then we're like, oh, I'm not alone. But it still feels isolating when it's that one person, right? Mm
2: -hmm. And what
1: we try to do on a daily basis between whether it's celebs or what we do with everyday heroes is another alliance, everyday people who share, is that you have got this database now of these people, even Andrew's Mm -hmm. doctors, and and practitioners, they share why they practice integratively based on their own experiences that they've been through. And the goal there is to show this tapestry of, yeah, we all go through many different things, but when you really boil it down, the loss of a father can connect to the loss of a sister, can connect to the loss of a grandparent. Suicide of this person who is a family member can relate to suicide of a friend, right? traumas that they happen to us in life or overthinking about certain scenarios in our lives, there's enough connection. When we read, we use motor neurons and our empathy and we're able to see what other people have gone through. It helps us to understand, wow, this is not just that other person. This is that all these people are going through similar things that now helps me realize not only not on my own. I'm part of this connected society of people of which the whole world is a part of it. They just all haven't figured it out yet.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, that is so true. I I love that. Um, let's talk for a second a little bit more about building our mental health toolbox. Dr. Planer, we kind of talked about that a little bit. Um, I'd love to know a little bit more about, you mentioned the nervous system, and um, it might be a good time to talk about how building our mental health toolbox, how does that affect our nervous system and getting to the root of things?
2: Yeah, so... I think when we look at building a mental health toolbox, to me the key is about understanding how certain exercises can heal different parts of the body or nervous system. If we develop an understanding of it in that context, then we would never just choose one tool for one body part while neglecting the rest. If you were to compare mental health and physical health, which is what we're always trying to do, we would never do this at the gym. if we were to live a sedentary lifestyle uh, for many years and our metabolisms begin to change and because of that our muscles begin to atrophy, we would not simply pick one exercise like triceps and start doing that every single day and now say that we are now complete. What about some of the other muscles? What about nutrition? We need to know about all the different options that are out there and start to actually figure out ways to restore all of the architecture. Going back to mental health and and in that similar analogy, when we go through life challenges, the stress and traumas that we experience it impacts the neural circuits or psychological processes, whether we're talking about ruminating thoughts, psychological flexibility, cognitive diffusion. Some parts of the brain, they begin to change. Some parts become hyperactive, some become hypoactive. We develop changes in the endocrine centers, whether it's the hypothalamic, pituitary, adrenal access. And ultimately, connecting the dots, the point is that many changes are involved when we go through these challenges and therefore a mental health treatment should not be a one-size-fits-all model. We need to start learning about the science behind how the circuits and the processes, the psychological processes become impacted by these challenges and start to learn about how certain exercises can push these circuits or these processes back towards pre-trauma states. Some of the STAR exercises might help with certain circuits and processes while ignoring many others, so we should add different exercises that complement it. If we go back to some of the analogies about using many different exercises for physical fitness, if we were going to equate this to mental fitness, you know, you take into consideration one technique like diaphragmatic breathing, for example, knowing that it stimulates vagal tone, enhances the parasympathetic response, um, improves digestion, slows down heart rate, reduces inflammation. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we can't also benefit from releasing trapped energy through tension trauma-releasing exercises or somatic experiencing or learning about the benefits of reconnecting meridian highways through Qigong meditation. So ultimately, You know, our goal is to be able to connect individuals with providers that understand the mind-body connection and can actually be able to explain the science behind how all these life challenges impacts them and work with them using the tools that we're listing to really help build a mental health toolbox that's custom to that individual. Now. I guess one, one more point that should be said is that there are overlap with some of these exercises. Um, they might be targeting similar neural processes. Not all of them cover different things, but that's okay because we all do different exercises that are similar. I might prefer doing push-ups. Um, Eric might prefer, uh, you know, bench press and, and you, Aaron, might prefer dumbbells. So it, it's, we want to list all the options, show the science behind why they work, And give, you know, a toolbox that works, you know, customized for each individual person.
0: Yeah, that is so I love how you say there's no one size fits all. And the other thing that as you're speaking, it makes me think of is that for years, so many of us we've been told it's all in your head, it's a mental health issue, so it's all here. It's all about the neurotransmitter or the chemicals in your brain, right? And so what you're saying is is that it's painting a picture of whole body health, and whole body health influencing that mental health.
2: Yeah, Erin, and you know, when we talked about the alliances, that's actually the purpose of one of the alliances that we have. We have celebrity alliances and influencers, and we're forming a same here psych alliance of practitioners, senior psych, representing integrative psychiatrists, psychologists, and psychotherapists that all understand all these different mind-body connections and they know about these different STAR exercises. You can work with each patient individually to create these mental health toolbox. Just like if we're championing the idea that mental health is a five-in-five topic, as Eric was saying before, All these Alliance members also share their Same Here stories to show that everybody's impacted. Celebrities, influencers, everyday people, and practitioners. And through growing of this Same Here Psych Alliance, we've been able to get connected with several leaders in the field. Uh, People like Nusheen Rangbar that oversees the integrative training program out in Tucson, Arizona, or Wilder that runs the world's largest comprehensive integrated training program um, with some of the top faculty members uh, Which a lot of a lot of them are part of our alliance as well people like James Lake and Leslie corn and You know right now we have a limited group, but we're, we're growing it out. Most of these practitioners offer virtual sessions so just finding somebody that's local in the state. They don't have to be exactly near you. You can still connect to them. Mm -hmm. If you don't find somebody yet, just keep tuning back because we're going to grow this directory on a global scale.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so exciting. Um, I mean, don't you guys, this is exciting, right? Like I just, the more I hear about it, I'm like, wow, it just fires me up because there is such a need for all of these tools and all of these people and everybody coming together. And so, Eric, maybe you can talk a little bit more about how you're seeing these programs used in schools, which I'm a former teacher, I taught for over a decade, and this is needed for teachers because teachers are all stressed out, um, and for students because nobody teaches students anything mind-body related, anything about managing stress. um, And that's essential, so I know this is useful in schools, but even in in businesses in the workplace. And so maybe you can share a little bit about that.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for asking. So we have five main areas of focus from a programming perspective, all named after same here. So there's same here schools for K through 12, same here, sit downs and colleges, same here service for servicemen and women and first responders, same here safe for offices for anyone who's guessing, asking why would safe be, be the acronym there or, or be the alliteration there. It's because that was the term that came up most often when we did feedback groups. I don't feel safe talking about this in an office setting wow. for fear I might not get promoted or might lose my job. And then finally, you could argue whether we should have picked this industry, but I picked sports as a focus because of having a background working with sports teams. So we've seen your sports within each one of those. We have a same senior deliverables document. And so that document, usually anywhere from seven to eight different pieces of the way in which we hold the hands of these different community groups or organizations to start to literally transform the way in which their culture works uh, related to mind-body health um, and this understanding of what mental health is and getting everyone on the same page from a language perspective and then also in terms of like the delivery of the actual programming itself. Um, So I'll take you through schools quickly as as an example. So um, with, with schools, we typically start off with a two hour training session that we do with teachers and professionals. Teachers and professionals totally understand that there's so much on their plate, but one of the best things I ever heard from a superintendent is he said, Eric, you'll always hear we have so much on our plate. Social emotional health is the plate. If we don't have the plate, we can't put things on it, right? So starting with the teachers and the school professionals, helping them become trauma-informed. We we call it an amalgamation between sports meets pop culture meets vulnerable storytelling. And when you add the science of stress and trauma in a very elementary way, and then tactics like star exercises to that, you start to lay the groundwork for the teachers, right? From there, we then go to the students. From there, then, we do individual breakout sessions with everyone from paraprofessionals in schools to um, the teachers separately to students separately, diving into topic areas of the stressful and traumatic events that they go through, noticing signs with, within their various populations, um, crisis management, right? Um, and, and, and probably the, the most exciting thing for us, kind of, I told you there were seven or eight different ones. The most recent one we launched is an app called, called the Same Here Scale, and it goes from thriving all the way to sinking, six spots on the scale. And it's literally a chat vehicle that allows students on their school device and teachers on their personal devices very quick to be able to check in with one another in terms of where they're at on that scale and provide some form of feedback. Because the feedback that we got from teachers was, I'm not so comfortable having an emotional conversation with my student. Fine, let's take the work out of that in terms of the guessing game. Let's have a scale that everyone understands that we're on, that shows that we're on a continuum, but that gives us some kind of baseline for each student. And so we could see from a pattern perspective where they're trending, right? We then do student-led mental health clubs where we help them form a naming convention around it that's got a powerful, bold name to it with social media pages that are driven by a, a, one of the um, faculty members. We help them create star rooms in their school and we have decks of star cards where they can pull out cards kind of like the old card shark game larger than life cards where they can go through and actually do the exercises with each other in these rooms and so you know from that we we, we offer ongoing engagement so that we're hand-holding each of these in this case schools but any one of those other four areas that we mentioned so that it's not Hey, we're a speaker series and we are come in and we talk and then we're done. Right. Or we're a curriculum and then you take our curriculum and you give it to your students and you're done. No, we want soup to nuts to be able to help schools, companies, et cetera, to be able to handle how they're changing the culture around social and emotional wellness from, from beginning to end so that, so that everyone is on the same page and we're not just checking a box, but we're actually changing the way in which we attack this topic.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I think that, that making it practical like that is a really big deal. Like you said, it's not just a one and done thing, but it's ongoing. Uh, because this is ongoing. Like this whole, I mean, just even thinking about trauma, right? Like when we talk about trauma, how many different people experience trauma? Everybody experiences trauma. And it's going to affect us all differently. And so um, that awareness early on is, is so huge. So,
1: think about, uh, I'll, I'll give you one thing, Eric. So yeah, think about yeah. When we all grew up and went to school, we sat through the mad or the dare for for an assembly. A police officer or someone else from the community came in and told us what an amphetamine is, what an upper and what a downer was, and then we were done. And it was Mm -hmm. like, that was your two-hour session, your hour-long session, and then you don't hear about it. Well, we never were taught the most important thing, which is why do people even turn to drugs, (laughs) right? Like, think about that. How much pain could all of us have been Mm -hmm. saved by understanding, we turn to drugs because we're trying to escape emotional pain and suffering, right? So, yeah. so I think that's where the big, like you were just describing, really giving them a, a, a understanding to it all as opposed to we come in, we talk for two hours, and then we're done. That's the key there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And just getting to the underlying root causes and, and just seeing how things start. Like, oh, uh, that's, I'm yeah, that's <laughs> such a big deal. I love that. Um, so, how can how can someone get started now? Get getting involved with same here. Like somebody's listening to this right now, going, "Oh my gosh, this is what I need." So, what are practical next steps? Either one of you can answer this. I don't know. Whichever.
2: Andrew, you want me to take it or? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, sure. You can go ahead and jump in there. Oh, okay.
1: So um, I would say, look, while we've been around for two and a half years, that's still a, a short amount of time for an organization. And so especially because we work in so many different areas from companies to schools to first responders, et cetera, sports teams, we're, look, we're always looking for help, whether it's folks who are very good at writing, folks who are good at web design, folks who are good at connecting with community groups, folks who are good from a graphic design perspective. I mean, Andrew and I'll pinch ourselves when we look at the list of folks who get involved and volunteer on that end, mm-hmm. how many people wanna be a part of this without us really having to pull their arm to, to, to be a part of it. That's a very exciting piece. On the, on the end of getting involved in terms of if you're needing help, I, I'd say the best place to start is coming to the website, reading the stories of the celebrity stories, the everyday hero stories, the blogs, right? Those will help you get a better sense for I'm not alone. Wow, look at all these topics and how they impact everyone. And then going to the star section and looking at it like Andrew said and saying, okay, I would go to the gym and I would do elliptical, treadmill, free weights and kickboxing where someone else might do swimming and stair master and an aerobics class. Okay, I understand this. I look at these exercises and I pick the ones after trying them out feel the best for me and start getting me to get to a better place, that would be the best way I would say getting involved if if you're just looking for ways to start to, to be proactive and to heal on that end.
0: Yeah. And we're in the middle of such crazy times right now where I don't think that mental health concerns are going away anytime soon, <laughs> just naturally. It's just not going to happen. I just think that there are a lot of people who, people I know who have never struggled with even a little bit of anxiety or are now going, Oh man, what, what is this weight on my chest that I'm feeling? You know, what is this, this feeling, this tension that I have right now? And it's because we're all in the middle of unknown uncertainty. And so going back to like being able to look at all these different tools and that what works for me might not work for somebody else, but um, they're available and they're on the website. And I will link that in the show notes so that people can have access to that and reading the stories of, everyday people plus celebrities who we idolize going, Oh yeah, we're all a little quote crazy, <laughs> right? There's all of that is represented there. So, um, yeah, so let's, let's go to my final, you know, kind of wrap up question because time is flying and I'll start with you, Dr. Pleener. If you could give one piece of advice out of all these things that we've been talking about, one piece of advice to spark someone toward wholeness, what what would that be?
2: So, I think the most important thing is that A, in the STAR acronym, uh, the the A for active, we have to realize that, that all these challenges that are happening in our life are creating real changes to the nervous system and we have to actively engage. If we really want to get better, as Eric mentioned before, everything might be telling somebody when their brain is shutting down on them to just lay in bed and just sleep one day after another and just wait for things to get better we have to make up our mind that we're going to initiate whether it's finding a provider that's integrated that could actually help connect the dots or going to see here taking a look at all these different tools and start getting to work yourself sometimes the hardest part is just starting. If you're somebody that's actually been dealing with mental health and you're you know, more savvy about it, dive right in, start learning about all these different exercises. As Eric had mentioned uh, before, um, if, if you're new to this topic, take a look at all these Same Here stories. You'll find out the commonality. Are these challenges, the stressors and traumas that have gone through that have happened in people's life and these things they build up in our nervous system similar to how plaque builds up in the arteries until eventually we have a stroke or develop a full blown disorder so it's not always about waiting till that point let's start working on this proactively let's be preventative we do this with physical health all the time a lot of people that exercise and eat well every single day it's because they're trying not to get heart disease later in life and develop strokes so and not just waiting until it's too late. Let's be mindful of all of the challenges that have happened to us, how the architecture of our bodies have changed, and let's start working out now on our mental fitness so that we can prevent disorder or build resilience in the event that there's you know, more stressful events in the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that building resilience because, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen, but we know that that life is ever-changing. And to build that, again, preventatively is so, so important. So Eric, what about you? What would you say? Give one piece of advice to spark someone towards wholeness.
1: I would say that there's always hope, right? What is the great liar when we go through mental health complications It's lack of hope. Our brain tricks us into believing because our reward centers go away that I can't ever pull myself out of this. What further compounds that is if you're waiting for what we've learned since childhood for that pill to kick in and it's not working, guess what? You feel like you're no longer in the driver's seat of your own health. So with things like star exercises, why do we have hope? And this is this is advice for the person who's going through it or the person who's holding the hand of the person who's going through it to remind the person who's going through it is if you take an active role in working on yourself and working these things out of your body, it's not going to happen in two days and probably not even going to happen in a week might take a month might take more for you to start to feel those changes but you have hope because you have control because you can try different things. That's something I didn't have for that two and a half year period. Mm. And that's something I want to give to everyone else. Cause they know that they actually have tools that can dig them out of this.
0: Yes. And that it's not like you said, it's not an immediate, that's what we all want, right? We live in this quick fix culture. Like we need that immediate change and that, and it, it's not going to happen immediately, but there is hope. And I'm so, that's such a good reminder because I know there's so many people out there right now that might even be listening and feel completely stuck. And like we both did, I know there was a time where I was just mad. I was like, why do I have a brain that I can't control? Like it just made me mad at the world. And, and there are things that we can do and there are ways that we, we can, get help and learn these behaviors and these tools. And oh, it's, yeah, it's very exciting. So I'm just, I, I love this conversation. It gives me a lot of hope for what's coming in the world of mental wellness. Right. So, okay. So how can people find out more about, I mean, obviously the website, what about you guys? How can people co- connect with same here? All of that. Give me the goods there.
1: Sure. So I'll give you the social handles Then I'm sure Andrew maybe drop his, uh, his LinkedIn, but on uh, Twitter and on Instagram are probably our most active to our Instagram and Facebook, but on Twitter and Instagram, it's at same here underscore global. Um, in Facebook, it's backslash same here global. You don't need the underscore. And, uh, if you want to contact me directly, I'm pretty active on, on LinkedIn. It's just Eric Housen, K U S S I N Eric with a C Andrew
2: yeah and uh, same here they, they you can find me on LinkedIn It's just the first letter of my last name of my first name a followed by my full last name cleaner p l e e n e r okay. so if anybody's interested see. to get involved wants to talk to me about the alliance or the organization in general or just has any questions, you know feel free to reach out and connect
0: awesome yeah and I'll i'll drop all of those links in the show notes. And um, so that way it'll give people a great starting point. Thank you guys so much for both of you coming on at the same time (laughs) and offering your wisdom and your insight. Do you have any last words you want to share before we close this thing down?
2: I'll I'll, I'll let you conclude. (laughs) Um,
1: I'll just conclude by saying I actually was just with my cousin's little friend who's 11 years old. And he brought up that he watched the movie uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and he was talking about Live Aid and how excited he was that all these musicians came together uh, because of famine in Africa, right? And it, what it reminded me of is here in the States growing up and watching We Are The World and seeing that. And maybe cheesy, but it's cheesy in an uplifting way is when you see that many people come together for a cause, how special it is, And my hope is that, yes, that's the celebrity angle side of it. But if we can get that celebrity piece combined with the everyday person piece, I think we're about 2% of the way where we can get to 100%. So we still got 98% to go, but that 2% is building some steam and it's going to be a phenomenal thing to be a part of. And and we hope everyone will join us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I have no doubt they will want to after listening to this. (laughs) For sure. Uh, Dr. Planer, anything else you want to add there?
2: No, I'm, I'm excited uh, just about this idea of getting everybody involved, holding hands, working together. It's, you know, mental health is a topic for everybody, we have physical health, we all have mental health. We really want to change the way mental health is perceived in practice. It takes a collective effort, so I'm very excited to see that we're, we're able to get a lot of people on board to get involved.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you guys for what you're doing and, and this movement that you're creating and, and your enthusiasm and your willingness to share it with us.
2: Absolutely. Thank, thank you, for having, thank you and for, for having us be a part of this.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Sparking Wholeness. For more on all things related to nutrition for mind, body and soul, check out my website, sparkingwholeness.com. Don't forget to be kind and subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And to be really kind, you can leave a nice review. I like those.